Description of man as a tool-making animal. The Outline, World Dispatch. Wednesday, May 24th, 2017. I'm Jeffy Haza. Today on The Dispatch, William Turton on Sean Hannity. Unless all 17 U.S. intelligence agencies are wrong or lying, Seth Rich is not the source of the WikiLeaks emails. Roland Bishop with an update on AlphaGo. DeepMind is sort of training these algorithms and improving them using Go. And William Turton yet again on Trolls. This one person claimed that, you know, John was his son and he hadn't seen him. And now that tweet has 20,000 retweets. Here's the dispatch. Power. Since last week, Sean Hannity has become increasingly desperate to push a right-wing conspiracy theory into the spotlight. William Turton has been following the ordeal. Hey, William. Hey, what's up? So, we've got some news coming out of Fox News again this week about Sean Hannity pushing what amounts to a conspiracy theory about a former DNC staffer. Right. So there's been this conspiracy swirling on the internet for more than a year now that this DNC staffer, Seth Rich, who was murdered in Washington, D.C., in what cops think was a robbery gone wrong, was actually a murder at the hands of the Clintons or the DNC Mm. because Seth Rich was the source of the John Podesta emails to WikiLeaks. There was suspicion that he may have been the source of the DNC emails that were leaked to WikiLeaks, now not the Russians as the left claims. So, for one, was Seth Rich the source of the Podesta emails? Unless all 17 U.S. intelligence agencies are wrong or lying, um, no, Seth Rich is not the source of the WikiLeaks emails. How did it get to this point where something that seems so obviously factually incorrect has spread like wildfire? What really started flaring it up was when Sean Hannity kind of took it on as his own personal issue. Um, Sean Hannity now, with all the recent shakeups at Fox, is the most watched anchor at Fox. Mm. Um, And so Sean Hannity has kind of adopted this issue Um, kind of brought it back from the conspiracy graveyard and is now pushing it nonstop on his radio show, on his Twitter feed, and on his highly watched TV show. And there's also an interesting character involved, and that's Kim.com. Right. Kim.com is this guy who kind of rose to fame. Uh, He was this rich New Zealander who ran this website called Mega Upload. And it turns out Mega Upload was actually kind of a haven for piracy. And, you know, there were some allegations that Mega Upload helped this piracy happened on their website and turned a blind eye to it. Hmm. Um, So eventually he was kind of raided at his home in New Zealand and has ever since then become this kind of internet figure associated with hackers and anonymous and will frequently push any conspiracy uh, typically related to Hillary Clinton or the DNC on Twitter um, and gets a lot of engagement when he does it. Kim.com now claims all of a sudden has this new evidence that he didn't decide to present last year when people were talking about Seth Rich, that Kim.com was somehow involved with WikiLeaks and knows that Seth Rich was the source, and you just got to take him at his word for it, and that's true. And now Sean Hannity sees this and goes, whoa, we have a huge revelation here. Check this one out. And it's not even, you know, kind of a good conspiracy theory. It's Sean Hannity grasping for literally anything that he could find in order to make a pretty transparent attempt at distracting from the Trump news. These are questions that I have a moral obligation to ask. 
Is there any amount of debunking to this conspiracy that will convince the millions of people who you know are devout Hannity followers that this is not true? It seems like there's nothing that could really stop these people. It is true that the murder has been unsolved, um, but there's no evidence in any way that indicates any connection to WikiLeaks or some deeply nefarious killing. All the cops in D.C. have said from the start that this just looks like a robbery gone wrong. With all of the turmoil at Fox News over the past two years and the departure of many of the company's most famous faces over controversial allegations, do you think something like this could be Sean Hannity's undoing? You know, I mean, when you're talking about Fox News, it's really impossible to say. Maybe it could be, but again, we're talking about Fox News, so who knows? Yeah, true. Well, thank you very much, William, and we'll hear from you again soon. Thanks for having me. As we reported yesterday, AlphaGo is a Go-playing AI by DeepMind, which itself is a division of Google's parent company, Alphabet. Yesterday, AlphaGo defeated the top-ranked Go player in the world, 19-year-old Kuja, by just half a point. Roland Bishop is here with the details. Hey, Roland. Hey, Jeff. Yesterday, you told us about this Go tournament that was happening, and today we've got some results. So what happened? Yeah, so a 19-year-old kid um, lost to AlphaGo, which is DeepMind's AI that plays this game called Go, um, which, you know, is this this ancient game where basically what you want to do is you just want to put all these stones on a board and encircle the enemy stones. Mm. Um, And the more stones you capture like that, the better your score. So AlphaGo... One, the first of three matches. This kid was the best in the world. Depending on where you look, these rankings can sort of waffle between a couple different people, but he's currently considered to be the top ranked player. When I think of this, I think about all those chess tournaments from the 90s where they'd have the giant supercomputer playing against the guy. Is this more significant than than those sort of breakthroughs? I would say that it is of a similar level of significance, uh, which is to say that those games, you know, Kasparov versus Deep Blue and games like it were sort of this proof of concept kind of thing where it's like, okay, yes, machines can beat humanity at these games, you know, in chess engines, uh, which is what those sort of things are called, have become even more prevalent and even better. Um, But Go specifically, is pretty commonly considered to be far more difficult. And the reason that is, uh, is just the sheer number of possible combinations of moves, like mm-hmm. where each stone can be. The guy behind DeepMind uh, had a post and he was like, you know, Go is this much more difficult and it's like 30, 40 zeros behind a one. <laughs> like that's how many possible moves there are. So what are the implications of a machine being able to make you know, these sort of complicated, highly complex decisions. What are the, what does that mean for us non-Go players? The short version is that it's going to keep playing Go. Um, so it's going to keep doing this. Um, but the idea is that DeepMind is sort of training these algorithms and improving them using Go as just like an example of a very complex problem. Mm. So things that it could sort of move on to um, are like climate modeling science or uh, disease analysis, stuff that um, this sort of training, this deep learning uh, that 
AlphaGo is doing could then just be applied to a different set of data. So AlphaGo beat this 19-year-old Go player by half a point. And I wonder, is that is that the, the machine sort of doing just enough to win? Or is it a matter of that's that's the margin by which this AI is more sophisticated than human intelligence? AlphaGo wants to win, right? Like it wants to do the best possible moves. It doesn't matter by how much it wins so long as it wins. So if that margin is slim of winning, it'll just work towards that margin. So that half a point for us, I think it looks shocking, right? You look at that and you say, oh, well, he almost won. He almost beat the computer. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that AlphaGo was ahead for the majority of the match. So really, a win's a win. So this 19-year-old Kajia, he lost. How did he take it? The post-match press conference reads pretty calm. He was impressed. Uh, he had actually faced off against AlphaGo in anonymous online matches, not knowing at the time that it was AlphaGo, and he lost. This was mm. in January. Uh, so he had already had some familiarity with what AlphaGo was capable of. Um, he had you know, watched the Lisa Dahl matches from last year where AlphaGo defeated the fourth-ranked player in the world. So he came away from this, I think, contemplative. I don't think he was mad. Um, it, it comes across more as like respectful, like he's like, good job sort of thing. Sportsmanship. Even if it's against a robot. Even if it's against a robot. The future. After Monday night's terror attack in Manchester, England, internet trolls began inventing fake victims. William Turton has been looking into why people would do this. Welcome back, William. Hey. So people were creating fake missing people? Right. So in the wake of a lot of terror attacks, you'll probably notice on Twitter that people put out information or, you know, things about their friends or family that are missing. And these tweets usually get tons of retweets. Um, They're shared pretty often. And so this time, like a lot of other kind of tragedies, people capitalized on it to rack up retweets. In a lot of cases, there were pictures of people who uh, were no way related to the Manchester attack being spread around as supposed victims or a dear family member that was missing after the attack. So you talked to this guy, John, who is a YouTube celebrity kind of person. Right. So John is this guy who is pretty popular on YouTube, and he has this thing that he's been doing for a few years now where basically he reviews different fast food while wearing a suit and tie in his car and kind of gives this expert analysis into what makes fast food great. So out of 10, ladies and gentlemen, what am I going to be rating the baby back rib sandwich from Hardee's? Well, out of 10, I'm going to have to give this sandwich a 7.6 out of 10. I got a good thing going. But because the ribs are the main focus of the sandwich, I think just they need a little improvement when it comes to that. And if so they photos that, of John and his suit and tie were going around. This one person claimed that, you know, John was his son and he hadn't seen him and that he was in the Manchester arena. And now that tweet has 20,000 retweets. So his face is going around all over the Internet as a missing person. What was that like for him? So I spoke to John this morning, and he said last night he was reading coverage of the Manchester attack when he got a phone call. My phone rang, and it was from a friend who was very concerned about me, and I was initially quite confused as I'm here in the U.S., 
and I, I said, no, I'm fine, everything's good. Then I checked my email, and I had about 10 emails that had just came in in the last few minutes or so, from mostly from viewers of mine who were saying, oh, my God, are you okay? I just saw your picture. And I was incredibly confused and shocked even. And I started trying to find out what was going on. And that's when I checked my Twitter, my Twitter account. And I saw that some individual had posted a picture of me on Twitter shortly after the attack happened, claiming that I was their son. And they hadn't heard from me, and, you know, they're very concerned. And all it was was just a picture of me. The tweet got so out of hand that he had to make a video letting people know that he was still alive. Uh, I am unharmed, uninjured, I'm safe and well, and uh, really my heart and condolences go out to all those affected by the attack. Thank you all, just wanted to clear that up and take care. And you talked to the person who tweeted that. Yeah, I talked to the person who sent that tweet, who I guess in some way was a fan of John. He is an account kind of dedicated to posting memes on the internet and didn't really feel too bad about it. You know, he said, at least I didn't make him out to be a terrorist or anything like that. Well, this guy and his Twitter handle is at Gamergate Antifa. Um, he, he doesn't seem remorseful at all. So the guy who sent the tweet regarding John said, bottom line, I didn't mean any harm against John, hence why I used the victim angle or didn't expect it to take off at all, but it did. It was not my intention, but it highlights the huge problem with breaking news done with minimal or no research. Of course, I'm not going to pretend what I did is good in any way, but it is what it is. Thanks, William. Thanks for having me. That concludes The Dispatch. I'm Jeffy Haza. Till tomorrow.